Briggs. It's your old pal, the Crypt Keeper. <laughs> this is Joe Bob Briggs. This is Jeffrey Combs. Hey, this is Scotty from Anthrax. Hi, you're listening to Adrienne Barbeau. Hi, this is Doc Bradley. You're listening to Quality Time. You're listening to Quality Time. Quality Time Broadcast. And you're listening to Quality Time. Quality Time Podcast. I'm saying this under duress. You better keep listening or I will tear your soul apart. And then I go to do it, and I feel pre-fart how hot it's going to be, and I go, "Don't trust." Nope. I, that that's that, it was it, it was your basically your asshole doing the classic Tom Hardy from Fury Road. That's bait. <laughs> yes, it was. It was like when you're you're warming up the car before. <laughs> before you actually drive away and you you know what something's wrong with this car i'm not gonna i'm afraid it'll explode if i drive off with it so i just put it back in the garage and i'll save that for later <laughs> it was uh i i have a fun story uh i don't know if it's a fun story but it's good pre-show banner we can at least talk about um uh earlier this week i uh i had a day where i was down in uh running around montgomery county for my day job or whatever uh, definitely gambled on a fart, uh, lost hard. Oh, no. And I was 45 minutes away from any usable bathroom I could use. So, uh, I just took a long ass doo-doo ride all the way home so I could change my britches, um, in the middle of the day, <laughs> which was, uh, uncomfortable. Maybe you needed to wipe down, but listen, first time I was happy. I had leather seats. It was an easy cleanup. Uh, Eric, I've never been more attracted to you (laughs) so so foul hey what about you jeremy do you have any christmas poos (laughs) when i went to poo at work it was when there was lots of other guys in the toilet so hence they heard me just like really loudly fart pooing (laughs) and and you you know most of the time people don't um don't comment or laugh but all the guys were like Damn, man! What the <laughs> damn? What the hell going on in there? What are all them? Damn, you you got problems. You got problems, man! Holy hell! You better, you better send in the police. Better send in the police. <laughs> Meanwhile, I'm just I call. Popping in front there. I call wet farts warts. Is the wet fart. Warts. Oh man. Warts. I got those warts, man. <laughs> They're like, oh my god, don't have sex with Ashley. And I'm like, it's not the one you think it is. Welcome to quality time, y'all. Uh, we're back once again. Happy New Year to all our listeners. We took off Christmas, so you know why? Because fuck them. Um, and now we're here and we're back and I'm excited uh, to start a new year afresh, 2022, entering the third year of a pandemic. What can I say other than pure excitement and joy? I'm joined first by my blood, my brother, the OG on the podcast here, 
Mr. Jeremy P. Woodworth. Jeremy, how are you, sir? Oh, no, you're talking to. Oh, my gosh. Is this Gabriel Byrne? No, it's me, Dr. Fauci. Oh, my God, Dr. Fauci. How did I... How did I mess that one up? I noticed that none of you are wearing your masks during this podcast. I'm wearing a hundred masks. <laughs> I live forever. A hundred masks? Is that all you have to wear I'm these also days? Wearing masks on, I'm also wearing five masks on my penis. So penis <laughs> won't catch COVID. Oh, you know, you know, if you have a fucking uh, uh, a slit as big as his dick hole, let me tell you, you better wear plenty of masks. Uh, I'm also joined by the very lovely, the very talented, our permanent resident host for all time moving forward, Miss Ashley Pontius. Ashley, how are you? I'm good. How are you, Daddy? I'm good. I'm good. I never use the word. Don't use the fucking word guest in this place. Not for you. Um, I'm just excited. We're all here. We're back together again. You know, not doing the podcast last week kind of fucked me up. I didn't know what to do with myself except play Halo endlessly. Uh, <laughs> but it was uh, it was no, good, good, man. You never invite me. Um, Jeremy, do you want you want to play Halo? Do you want to play Halo later today? Sure. Okay, cool. Well, let's fucking, let's uh, do it. I also want to play Halo. Who wants to kill me so I can gain mine? Whoop, whoop, whoop. <laughs> I'll, even, I'll even invite Monster. <laughs> All right. Um, but so, uh, Jeremy, now let's go back to Christmas because you were here for Christmas. Uh, our, some of our family members are stricken with the COVID-19. It's fucking everywhere. Uh, mom seems to be alive, which is good. Like that about her. Um, but Jeremy uh, and I, we're, we were actually able, he was able to make it over here and we got to hang out. Now, true or false, Jeremy, did you, did you give a Christmas present to our young sister, Amelia, that was, if I if I was looking at it right, I saw it on the table. Did you give as a gift the killer clown meets the candy man? Yeah. You the movie that you star in <laughs> as a gift to our youngest sister, Amy. <laughs> Has she do you know if she's watched it yet? No. No. <laughs> do you think we should get Amy on the phone and ask her if she she will watch it? Um if you want. You know. All right. Well, tell tell us what goes through your thought process of giving that movie to our sweet sister Amelia. Um, I really don't have any money for any more gifts. So I just give her what's laying around. I don't, I don't really have a think jacked in here, but I'm just going to try to call her like maybe a bar of soap or maybe some thumbtacks. Oh, that's a good one. Yeah. I do like thumbtacks. Or maybe some, whatever else I can steal from work. You know, maybe some tape. <laughs> She Ooh, won't toilet paper. She probably won't be able to hear you, but I'm gonna lo-fi call her. Okay, low technology here. Let's and the worst thing, you steal that toilet paper from work. It's always the big stuff that will never fit a real toilet paper. To I know, but it's the thought that counts, right? Right. Hello, Amy. Hey, what's up? It's your brother. How are you? <laughs> you're you're on the Quality Time podcast right now. Just to let you know. Oh my god! <laughs> okay, so they they can't hear you can they can hear you and I can hear you, but they, they can't when they're talking they won't hear you. So I'll relay messages. Okay. Um, oh, we hear the phone. Yeah, I know that I know you can hear them, but she can't hear you, Jeremy. Relax. Okay, look. I can only hear Eric. Yeah, I know, I know. So look, <laughs> a- Amy, did have you? Uh, first of all, what did you think of Jeremy's gift to you for Christmas? Uh, 
haven't watched it yet. <laughs> no, no, I, 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 that, we didn't even get to that part. But what did you think when you opened it and you saw it was a movie starring your brother in it? Um, I was filled with terror. <laughs> um. <laughs> just, just terror. Just that. Did you think it was like a super thoughtful gift? <laughs> yes, it was very thoughtful. <laughs> okay, that's good. Do you have you and uh, your husband maybe planned out a date night where you guys will watch it? <laughs> yeah, because it's just such a romantic movie uh, synopsis. I just Do you... I, I think we'll make love to it. <laughs> <laughs> Um, we'll name our first child from the anagram of the title because it's a long title. <laughs> oh man, uh, Nam is going to be the coolest Woodworth niece or nephew uh, when he comes out. Um, so, so you haven't watched it, but I did give you a movie to watch. And can you tell me? Uh, so I gave my sister Amelia. Um, a, a, a copy of Mandy so that she could watch it because she never watched it and she she messaged me the next day do you remember what you said about your uh, rundown of Mandy and that was a crazy movie it, it took me days to process that movie <laughs> um, that's uh, I don't remember what I said immediately after watching it I think I said that it was a a crazy movie that it scarred me for life uh <laughs> I think your specific words are like it was really good, but did it need to have that much penis in it? Uh, oh yeah, the the male nudity. That's the most uncomfortable male nudity I've ever seen in a movie. Okay, all right. <laughs> Which is so funny because the nudity is Eric's favorite part. Yes, Ashley said uh, the nu male nudity is my favorite part, which is true. I have a giant poster of Jeremiah Sands' very mediocre penis that sits behind me, and I pray to it at night. Um, you aspired. <laughs> yeah. coming. <laughs> One day with the right technology, I'll be as big as him. So look. Um, we appreciate you on the thing. What do you think if um, if Jeremy could get you a present next year or, you know, your birthday's coming up for 2022, what do you think would maybe be a gift that you would like to see from Jeremy in the future? A sequel to Killer Clown meets the Candyman or Amelia? Uh, I don't know. Come on, we're live on the fucking air. You got to talk. <laughs> Well, I don't know. Am I am I allowed to to talk about the movie that you two have in development? Because I'd like I'd like to see movement on that one for my birthday. Oh, so you'd like to see Baby Eater? Yeah, you can talk about Baby yeah. Eater, sure. Oh, okay, yeah. I'd like to see movement on the Baby Eater movie. Okay, That's what I'd like to see. Well, say, listen, the clan, the, the you heard it, Jeremy. The uh, I said the clams. I said the fans are <laughs> are clamoring for this. So, uh, Jeremy, what are we executing? In, what are we executing for Baby Eater next? Uh, the shed scenes. Okay, shed scenes for Baby Eater. Got it. Well, we'll work on it for you, Amelia. Anything else you'd all like right. to say to all the Quality Time listeners? Uh, stay cool. All right, cool. Well, hey, Keep listening. All right, I love you. Thanks. We'll talk to you later. All right. Bye. By the, by the way, all the um, gorilla scenes that we film in front of stores, I pretty much want every scene to end with us being kicked out and... and, and, and um, driven from the property 
I like that you make it. I like already are giving me anxiety to do it. That's what I like the most about it is your your willingness to get in trouble to film something. I just think it would be even funnier if if every scene ended with a fake um, employee of the property saying, "Hey, what are you guys doing here?" and cut. So. <laughs> <laughs> well, I don't want to give anything away when Amelia asked, like, what's the next movement? But like, what? We're like maybe two months out from me dropping this kid so you guys can kill it. Woohoo! Pro-choice. <laughs> <laughs> so I uh, I do have one other cool little little tidbit. So uh, I had the murder mystery show uh, for New Year's. I had tons of murder mystery shows. I was at McGooby's, the the DC Improv. I have somehow very big knock on wood. Really, I'm not. I don't know if I've avoided COVID, but I just really just wait until I get it at this point because of how many people I've seen in the last month. But uh, apparently, I missed this. But Tommy Simazzo told me about it, so I can tell it. Uh, in the parking lot of Magoobies. First of all, the Magoobies crowd we performed for on New Year's Eve, trashed. They were, but a fun hammered crowd, just like never-ending mimosas up the ass, right? They're fucking sloshed. Apparently, there was a dispute out in the Magoobies parking lot between uh, a lady who was insisting on driving and her friends, they were like, you're not driving. And this guy came over to her to stop her and she proceeded to grab him by the nutsack <laughs> and, and then pulverize him to the ground like that. And apparently Tommy saw this and he goes, hey, that's my move. <laughs> he's, like, he's like, hey, hey that, he's just doing monkey grab the peach. You stole that from my Magooby set out front. <laughs> so, so, but there's Man. nothing as sacred anymore, you know? Well, what, what can I say? The Magooby's parking lot is all kinds of fun. <laughs> You never know what you're going to see out there. Jeremy, how is uh how have things been for you lately? Um you know, things. I, I, where where are we at on your suicide watch? You know, it's just you know, it's the way it is. Are you would you like to share since you're giving me nothing here? Um, would you like to share the uh the 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 Christmas gift that you got this year? Yeah, I'm. Uh, I'm still learning the chords. Uh, the chords. A, the chords for what? What was that? What was it that you received? I got an instrument. Yeah. An instrument. Okay. Was it a xylophone? Was it a? So I'm learning the xylophone now. <laughs> I hate you so much. <laughs> I got Jeremy a ukulele. Not only a ukulele, which is what he asked for. But he also, but it's it's one that has a DI, so it can record music. So Jeremy's you're learning the ukulele, so he's gonna have some hot uh, uh, tunes for 2022 uh, with the uke. Um, I love it. What kind I, of? I got planned out. I was just lazy and, and didn't actually do anything. So okay, well that's that that's uncharacteristic of you. Um, <laughs> that was a good. I thought it was a fun bit. Now, um, Jeremy, how, how's the current job going? Do you like it? Do you hate it? Or are you just counting down the days until they till they fire you? Where are we at? I. How many people are on actively on crack cocaine at your job? I'm pretty sure. Well, I don't know. I don't know anything about anybody because I'm I'm dumb. I mean, my last my last supervisor literally was on a hundred dollar cocaine habit a day. But um, 
Actually, I'm pretty sure most everybody on that last job was on drugs. Um, this job, uh, I don't want to say, I don't want to say where I'm working. I guess I already spilled the guts on that, so I shouldn't even say anything about this new job. Except, uh, um, yeah, no, I won't say it. Cool. Okay. I'll wait till. I'll wait till I'll wait till uh, <laughs> I wait till I get fired from this one. Do Actually, they know? I, do they know? Do your new coworkers? Do they know about quality time? Are they listeners? Uh, yeah, yeah. Well, I think one of them is. I, 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 I told him and actually sent a link just so you could hear my music. Um, sa- I, I think, I think I performed enough at this one because of my anxiety. So they think I actually can perform this job, although. Um, I didn't even tell my wife this because it was really, really concerning me. Because uh, ever since I worked at Peapot, I was uh, popping like three, four ibuprofen a night mm-hmm. just so I could get through the night. And I think it's finally caught up with me so that I was uh, pooping blood. Oh, nice. And uh, yeah, that was really starting to concern me. And also I was like, oh, I have to poop again. Oh, great. I'm, I'm pooping blood. Mm-hmm. Um, See, so usually it just takes me a, f- a family-sized bag of flaming Hot Cheetos. Have you tried maybe adding that to the mix to cancel out the ibuprofen blood? Don't do uh, it. I stopped, I stopped pretty much cold turkey. I thought I could cut it down to like one pill a night, but mm-hmm. it was still bleeding. Yeah. So, so finally, I, I, I made it through a whole week without shitting blood. Well, it was three days without shitting blood, thank God. Okay. All right. Nice. Yeah, it can a few days for your your lining is essentially repairing itself so it can take a few days someone who has chronic ulcers it takes a few days so so also i was like oh maybe maybe i just have like um like colorectal cancer or something cool like that that's the way to go all right either way either way uh so i've been working through the pain and and the worst thing is it's like it's it's usually a good eight hour night but we'll have like a 10, 11 hour night sometimes where it's just a lot of shit to move. And by like the 10th hour, my feet literally feel either numb or like needles. Ooh. Uh, so I think, I think the, the, my boss is old enough to know that I'm, I'm a little bit too old to be working on my feet 10 hours a day. And he's like, well, maybe we'll be uh, having you uh, scan. You can start scanning things as opposed to walking incessantly. For 10 hours straight and i'm like oh, mm-hmm. that'd be nice so yeah. who knows i i have no i have no uh, confidence in myself anymore and plus i'm still a temp so either way all right well um we're gonna get back to at least one good thing about 2022 that's coming for you but ashley what's been going on with you girlfriend how was your holidays oh um my holidays were good uh i unfortunately suffered psychosis this past thursday so i'm doing great uh that's been awesome uh so my mental health is not fantastic but you know i'm here i have a family i don't have to be on my feet like jeremy but i too have been fantasizing about where i know a shotgun is so i get it (laughs) so what was the psychosis uh, so I realized that I wasn't real. <laughs> uh, this is all a simulation. So, so that's been like a fun, fun thing uh, to realize you were losing grips with reality. So uh, if my job hears this, please 
please fire me so we can wrap this up. Uh, <laughs> but no, I heard you're great at the job. Those veterans need you. I don't. They need that what? stable hand to talk to. You know. I, you know, Eric. I don't actually interact with our veterans. I uh. look through pages of data all day and tell people where they make mistakes, and then the people who made those mistakes are like, "Fuck you, you dumb bitch," and that's. Get chalk job. one up, chalk another one up for the good guys. Hell yeah! Yeah, Tell I love them. it. So I, I did share with Eric um, that the day after I had a complete psychological breakdown, I did scream at the extended car warranty later uh, lady and told her that I hope she died and that I hated her. Um, <laughs> so that was not like my finest moment. But hey, look, bitch, I'll see you in hell. I'm super looking forward to it. Uh, so 2022 is off to a great start for both of you. So good. Um, Jeremy, how's the negative affirmations calendar coming along? Could you could you share an update with that? Uh, I haven't gotten any um, uh, feedback from my submission, like good or bad from them. I don't know how many submissions they get a year. Uh, but I did go to the graveyard to uh, take more pictures of uh, gravestones with, uh, with uh, my fake daisies. Nice. And, uh, I thought I got a lot of good pictures from that. And uh, the most disturbing thing. Most disturbing thing is that at this old graveyard here in um, in Catonsville, by the side of the church, they had a, a gravestone sitting on the side of the church, just sitting there. And I'm like, oh, well, there are lots of other gravestones that have been like pushed over and, and need to be like repaired, but this one's just sitting on the side of the church. So, where is that grave? And number mm. two is after seeing the documentary called Facing East. Oh, that gravestone is there because they're going to replace that that grave with another body because it's so old now, nobody remembers or cares. So they're going to bury a yeah. fresh body on top of that body. So. Yeah. All we're doing is stacking bodies here over at the Catonsville uh, uh, Cemetery. You know, there's not enough room. Sometimes when they get stacked four or five high, they start coming out of the ground. You got to bury them <laughs> real low. <laughs> Can I you just say you can't dead pots if there isn't room. <laughs> <laughs> That's true. Nobody's right, and and it's it's very real. And I look forward to the day that I'm a part of a dead person Neapolitan ice cream sandwich. <laughs> <laughs> uh, if, you, if you have to share a grave with somebody else from uh, about, uh like hundreds of years before you get reformed as like a thing like you know like <laughs> walking weird creature like a like a like a bug uh spider like creature so all right it's a like human centipede yeah yeah <laughs> <laughs> and then you're like it's the right thing to do <laughs> I finally found my purpose in death. I'm, I'm a monster. <laughs> <laughs> oh, man. Now and want to come back inside. <laughs> <laughs> so, uh, well, that's good, man. I'm glad, I'm glad you know, sometimes the, this time of the year can be depressing, so I'm glad you're hanging around the cemetery a lot to cheer you up, man. And that's the, uh, that's the important yeah, part. Sometimes I like just run around naked and say I'm legion. <laughs> <laughs> we are many. Um, 
There isn't any cliff around here for me to run off in pigs. <laughs> <laughs> oh my god, maybe that's what happened to me. <laughs> I'm I'm the pig. <laughs> That the last person was driven into. Uh, <laughs> it's like, why am I in this body? Oink, oink, oink. <laughs> so there's like five cops beating me down as I'm saying I'm Leeds, and I'm like, oh, <laughs> Leeds is weak as shit, man. You know, me and uh, me and Ashley were talking the other day, Jeremy. And I bet you you'd be you'd be a good to add into this conversation. But we were talking about the most metal deaths in the Bible, and uh, mm-hmm. I thought so. And so my metal pick death was the one from uh, Joshua where he stabs that one fat king so hard that like the fucking sword gets stuck in his belly and stuff like that. Like I thought that was good, but Ashley had a pretty fucking. She probably had a better one than I had. Oh yes. So I said my favorite, I believe, is from the Book of Judges, where um, this this guy is like, I think one of the judges was like uh, kind of a pussy. And he's like, I don't think I can win. And God's like, well, for being a pussy, I'm going to hand the victory to a pussy. A woman is going to win this war. And he's like, yeah, whatever. Fuck that bitch. So the way it happens is the king they're trying to capture and like ruin that country. Because, you know, there's nothing more biblical than oppressing other people. Um, so, <laughs> <laughs> so what happens is this woman from like the, the Israeli side she sees the king of the opposing side and she's like oh i see a score so she goes look i hate my own fucking people i'm on your side come hide in my tent and i'll give you safety and he's like okay you know spirit hits so he comes inside she puts him to bed and while he's sleeping she takes a tent peg and drives it through his skull and nails him to the ground hell yeah her name was jail and i'm like you go bitch like you're living my fantasy life i'd love to kill a man by stabbing him to the floor i mean go you that was the that was actually the first documented pegging if we're being honest uh (laughs) (laughs) jeremy do you have a most metal death in the bible you'd like to share well you know not many people feel for uh you know the pharaoh that didn't let uh egypt go that didn't let israel Mm -hmm. go and it's like he just sat around. And he's like, "Man, why do I have to be such a power slave?" <laughs> uh, from power bottom to power slave, we've been through it all today, guys. Um, I I do have one last thing probably to share with y'all today. Uh, before we get into today's topic, I've been having a lot of downtime lately with the and just kind of trying to unwind a little bit, get my mind right for 2022. And I think everybody agrees we never knew how bad 2020 was until we got into 2021 and saw the maw of pure bullshit it was. Although I spent most of my 2021 building this goddamn basement, which I love now and am forced to live in. But this right here, uh, I've been I finally got uh, back into my love of games. Okay, so uh, I I wrote a song about a a new game that uh, I actually just beat, and uh, I hope you guys enjoy it. Uh, Here it goes. Money at the bottom of this can, but I saw an ad 
and a challenge it had. The feat that I had to endure, play this game and last 30 seconds or more. was fully in I don't know. It was just this ad that said you won't last 30 seconds in this game. And boy, I, I showed them. Oh. <laughs> you know? Well, it sounded like the game Bloodborne, which is what I play. But the way you were describing it <laughs> sounded more like blood porn. And I was very... <laughs> It was a weird game. Tommy Simbazo sent it to me, and you know he only sends quality content. So, That's oh man, oh, 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 what was that? Oh no. So, um, <laughs> I don't, I don't so, like how excited he is. Well, when we talk about death, I always get excited. So, um, so we lost our, our last golden girl, um, Betty White. R.I.P. Yeah. Betty White. On uh, last year, the last day of last year, but oh. <laughs> so I'm friends with Billy Moomy, otherwise known as the kid from Lost in Space, mm-hmm. who is now the new Doctor Smith in the the new Lost in Space TV show, mm-hmm. uh, Netflix or something. So he he comments on Betty White, and of course I said uh, so. How's June Lockhart doing? Otherwise known as his TV mom from Spate from Lost in Space from 1960 something. He's like, mm-hmm. she's just fine. She's 96 years old. Oh uh, my gosh. All right. So June Lockhart's still kicking, huh? So by the way, all during the uh, 80s, if there was ever a woman on TV, mom would be like, who was that late? Dad was like, it was June Lockhart. <laughs> it's just his stock so answer. She was, she was literally like four or five different TV moms during the 60s and 70s. Yeah, because isn't she the mom in the Brady Bunch, too? And uh, Yeah, and, yeah. And, 
and uh, Lassie and um, Leave It to Beaver and on mm-hmm. All in the Family and on Taxi and on um, uh, uh, the Family Ties. So, okay. Yeah. That's a lot of moms right there. Well, so I, I'm glad you brought her up because it is it is very sad. I, I know it was super shocking. And two things I want to say. So one, I want us at some point to do Lake Placid, which is a great Betty White film. Uh, and two, uh, my new gamer tag is Petty White 69. You can find me online. I will talk shit. <laughs> and do yourself a favor, any listeners out there, look up 19, look up the old pictures of Betty White's rockin' tits from the 19, like, 40s. I gotta say, they are pristine, okay? They are a pristine rack. My favorite movie with Betty White is uh, Legion, where she says, uh, too bad your baby will die. <laughs> That's not Betty White. That's June Lockhart. Please. Uh, <laughs> the wall's like a spider. Uh, so uh, are we ready to get into tonight's tale of twisted fucking macabre um, with the most wonderful Static X uh, soundtrack that you'll hear? The most new metal movie we've done. Uh, Ghost Ship from 2002 um the mo- the movie that ended director steve beck's career because uh, he stopped working after doing this movie uh which is very funny <laughs> to me um jeremy do you know what other steve beck film we've done that you've wrote written probably your most famous song for uh would it be um 14 Ghosts? Yeah, it would be 13 Ghosts. That is correct. Steve Beck was also the director of 13 Ghosts. And it really does feel like that when you watch this movie. It's got a good 13 Ghosts vibe. It does, but also they all are from the same production company as well, which is Dark Castle, which all had during like the late 90s, early 2000s, all had like the same vibe. Yeah, Including yeah. Also- I I love I personally I love Ghost Ship. Uh, Ghost Ship uh, not really critically acclaimed. It has one award that it's ever won uh, in all of its history. In two thousand three, it won a Chainsaw Award by from Fangoria for worst movie. So uh, there's that. <laughs> I can add that to it. <laughs> <laughs> Although I will say when this movie opens up, it is probably the best opening scene to probably I'll put it to any fucking horror movie out there. I think it stacks up against anyone because that first death scene is so fucking uh, chef's kiss good that it almost yeah. makes up for these ridiculous things they make you believe for the rest of the movie. <laughs> well, so I totally agree that that line the literal line that breaks and cuts everybody in half in the opening murder scene. 10 out of 10, super fun, very gory. I love that. But there's a couple things before that that I absolutely hate. One, I hate the pink lettering they're using. I think it is absolutely abysmal that they use that color to start the movie. It doesn't go with the color scheme. It annoyed me the whole time. Maybe I'm weird. I don't know. Well, I was a fun fact about that before we go into your next one is that uh, the the opening of that is supposed to look like a 1960s movie. And even, even so far as using the old Warner brothers logo, because this is 2002, right? We had, we had the fancy, we had already had the matrix fucking Warner brothers logo by this time. And they decided to go lo-fi to make it really feel like it was the 1960s. Although well, cor- didn't necessarily feel like that or translate. Well, correct. 
so like i don't hate the um typography they used and everything i think the lettering and the design makes sense but the hot pink like coloring absolutely doesn't fit with the rest of the flow of the movie's like aesthetic yeah and i couldn't understand it second of all we see the old captain dancing with the girl who will come up later and the whole time i'm thinking the way they're dancing is this a cruise to epstein island (laughs) (laughs) well they're italian they you know they're they're much more they're much more physical uh culture than we are oh yeah you're right 14 is the age of consent that that is true (laughs) i know hey you don't tell me about italian filmmakers that maybe do some creepy shit from time to time just rewatch the professional and let me tell you it's unsettling in 20 21 yeah. <laughs> look epstein island is like olive garden when you're here we molest you like family um, so- <laughs> like the professional the greatest pedophile movie of all time it's like well he's supposed to be italian but everybody knows he's french yeah i like well, the i like the fact that uh, now when you watch the professional you kind of root for gary oldman like he's the good guy he's trying to stop this horrible pedophile hitman. <laughs> <laughs> well look jeremy raises a great point and i hate to disagree with you but i mean let's be honest the greatest pedophile movie of all time <laughs> lolita um Ugh. but yeah who doesn't like to get the creepies but finally finally that death scene with the wire cutting through everybody mm-hmm. and all that blood like i got a little emotional i was like oh my god it looks like eric's floss <laughs> <laughs> leave leave bleeding gums woodworth out of this um no uh, i the greatest pedophile movie is the uh the the last vampire lestat something so. oh lestat oh yeah oh kirsten no but she's old Ugh. um so anyway That's what they told them. Uh, they're like she's old in spirit she was an orphan so i uh i uh i it, it, fun fact about the opening scene uh, uh, season I believe three episode four of Mythbusters they actually debunked this uh, idea that uh, a, a thing could cut through an entire thing of people uh, much less or even one person although I will say that a giant metal piece of strand like that uh, can do damage I know it can take somebody's ear off because uh, a guy that I worked with was uh, one time running a, uh, a piece of strand that is the metal wire that other wires get attached to that you see out on the streets. There's like a hard metal one in the middle. Uh, anyway, we had a road shut down. Guy blows through, uh, clips the fucking line, and we told this guy to duck. And at the last second, he moved his head just in time in the bucket so that all it did was take his ear clean off um, uh, instead of his well, neck. <laughs> so, Well, I'm assuming part of that, truthfully, is because I'm assuming like with the ear, it's all cartilage there's no like bone so i guess that's what they're saying with mythbusters is that it can't cut through bone but like loose flesh that is fucking disturbing so yes eric's right you can't cut through bone but you can cut people down with really hateful speech that is <laughs> true <laughs> But I do love that fucking opening scene when that late when that little girl walks around and why she still has a head makes no sense at all. And like, like it's just. But I love when she looks around and the one guy's like he gets halfed, but his clothes fall off first. He's like, like the, oh, it's so fucking good when they look around and then just the people like my other half of my body is next to me. Damn it! I don't know why I'm talking like a bad Bill Cosby. This is not how I wanted to die. 
<laughs> you know, it is just a fucking 10 out of 10 moment. If you do nothing else, and by the way, if you'd like to watch this movie, Ghost Ship, 100% free, only have to watch two ads on Tubi uh, during the movie. So go check that shit out. Totally free to watch right now. Jeremy, your thoughts on the opening scene of Ghost Ship? Uh, if, if I could do like a scary movie version of this, I'd pretty much recast the entire scene perfectly, except everybody's midgets. <laughs> and they all just live and it's just like oh that was a close one <laughs> and they keep uh, singing and you know, follow the yellow brick road <laughs> although what would have been like if we're to believe what Mythbusters does how much funnier is this scene because it's just the line clipping all of them and launching them like a fucking slingshot into the ocean <laughs> like that's still pretty I mean that's pretty funny right like <laughs> yeah yeah that version i'm okay with this i'd go with it willing to do a different scene where it's almost all midgets except for one tall person that's working the party he gets cut in half and after he dies all the midgets laugh at him because he's tall and he died (laughs) why i'm happy to be short i'm only five foot tall and i already get clotheslined with dicks so (laughs) (laughs) i get it that'd be a Oh, and clotheslined by dicks. Yeah. I guess it's Molly whopping. <laughs> oh, man, that's a different WAP song than I thought. Anyway, so look, uh, the now this movie is panned mostly because of its such, uh, it, it, its horrible attempt at just being a ripoff of The Shining. And not only a ripoff of The Shining, it's also a ripoff of the movie, I think, Death Ship that came out a long time ago before this. And it's also a ripoff of like a TV movie that has a lot of similarities that just came out like a year before this one dropped. So it's not a super original concept as far as a film goes. And I couldn't figure this out out while I was watching it. I'm 99% sure I was looking for things just because a lot of the shots look the same. I'm pretty sure it's the same set as they used, or at least reused some of the sets from the movie Deep Rising. Another great fam film that we've done uh, on uh, the Quality Time podcast here. Well, I have to say, it's super funny that you bring up about the sets being the same because honestly, I have seen the exact same set as well on the current Royal Caribbean cruises out to Cuba. It's <laughs> so uh, we get to meet our uh, our cast shortly after that. Which, god damn it, this is a star-studded uh, event that we have here. You got Gabriel Byrne, uh, who I mean, granted, even today is still super relevant with like movies like Hereditary, but you go back, he's in The Usual Suspects. He plays, uh, he's in another movie that we've done on Quality Time where he plays the devil uh, called End of Days from 1999. Miller's Crossing. I mean, just a fantastic uh, catalog and filmography for him. Uh, you also get pretty did we much... Do did we do Excalibur? We've never done Excalibur, I don't believe. He play he plays Utha. Ooh, Utha. He plays, he plays the the father of Arthur. Oh, okay. Yeah. All right. Uh, we also get like a Juliana Margulies at like the height of her fame. This is like full ER Juliana Margulies uh, in this movie. Who she vehement uh, like publicly disowns this movie every time it's brought up to her. <laughs> also, am I wrong? And it's totally okay if I am because maybe I'll look stupid. But Jeremy, help me out. I thought her last name was Margolis. Margolis, yeah. 
I thought it was Margulies. No, you're thinking of Cindy Margolis. This is Juliana Margulies. Completely different. Isn't it okay? Am I? I mean, listen. We'll let the listeners decide. I but I thought it was yeah. Juliana Margulies. You have a friend that likes to make corrections. They can chime in on it. I'm sure he'll let me know if I got this wrong. He'll go, "You fucking idiot." So anyway, um, <laughs> Juliana like Margulies that. said that she was tricked into doing this movie, quote unquote, because she read <laughs> the script originally, and the original script was supposed to be like a psychological thriller about people trapped on a ship, and you're not really sure if there's ghosts or not. There was no gore in the script and when she said she pulled up in Australia they handed her the rewritten script and it was a gore filled bloodbath and she was horrified and couldn't go home so she just had to work on the movie every single day and she uh, definitely hates this movie to death uh, I like uh, uh, Ashley complaining about my favorite new uh, female singer Ariola um, Grande so. Ariola Grande okay uh, you also get Ron uh, Eldard, uh, who's another guy from ER, and he and uh, Miss Margulies were actually dating at this time and broke up right after this movie ended. So uh, he plays uh, Dodge in this film. Uh, who, who? I'm sorry. Who were who were who was dating in this movie? Uh, Ron was dating uh, Juliana Margulies because they were both on the set of ER, and they broke up right after this film. I don't think I realized that. I, I just think he's I think he's hot. Yeah, he I, I, would I think like he him. looks like uh um Owen Wilson from Wish personally. Which, but but, but, but he, way cuter. He was just like, What if we gave Owen Wilson a good nose? Okay. Well there you go. You got Ron <laughs> right there. He was he was the dad also in Super Eight. Yes, he and was I'm the like, dad yeah, in Super I'm Eight. About to- eight that dick <laughs> <laughs> i personally love him i say my favorite movie of his would be sleepers from 1996 good movie so i like it hey anyone where a molester gets fucking uh murdered is always a good movie in my eyes uh, you also get desmond harrington who plays jack ferryman uh which is a, the funniest name out of everybody in the movie uh <laughs> I know Desmond Ferryman though, uh, mostly as the as one of the good guys who tries to rescue Elijah Dushku in Wrong Turn. Uh, he's like the boyfriend, right? Uh, Elijah Dushku. Isn't that Elijah <laughs> Dushku? I can't remember her fucking name. Whatever the chick from Wrong Turn. We'll do the movie someday, and I'll learn it. Dushku. Got it. So, uh, yeah. and then, uh, but I also remember him as the replacement cop in the show Dexter uh, a lot too. Mm-hmm. He was the guy that replaced, uh, uh, I think, Dokes or Stokes after he gets blown up. And he's like, hey, I'm the new hot cop or whatever. I don't know. He just looks like he should live in always in Miami. I can't explain it, but yes. he just looks like a guy that always has a fish shirt and fucks. Um, yes. You also get Isaiah Washington, who's playing Greer. Uh, he's like the one of the boat's captains. He steers this some bitch around. Um, he's uh, probably most famously known for his role in uh, Grey's Anatomy. But let's not forget, he was also in Exit Wounds and Hollywood Homicide. So. Uh, there we go. Uh, and then as you as you get down to like the eighth or ninth, you got the gem in Carl Urban, who nowadays, yeah. I mean, listen, if we're talking about the most fuckable person in this movie, so it's Carl fun. Urban hands down. Always. Uh, what's Always. Your f- There's not a movie that man has done that I don't want to fuck him in. Chronicles of Riddick, 
pound me mm-hmm. okay lord of the rings fucking eiffel tower me all right the boys cut me in half dude carl urban is a nerd legend now the fact that he's in uh, the movies that you mentioned he's uh let's not forget though he's also in the marvel cinematic universe right he's in it he, he's part of that and on top of that yep. you throw this out the best fucking judge dread movie ever fucking made uh and he of course plays the judge dread in that so uh great fucking filmography and he's also a star trek guy he's fucking you understand like he's in every nerd thing that you like he exists in so anyway I would, one man that i'm like you don't have a choice <laughs> kidnap him and i'm like sorry to do this but you don't have options so uh it it's it's thrown out there that these guys are junkers and scrappers that collect things from the sea uh and mr jack ferryman uh proposes that he's found a boat out on the uh, on the mediterranean sea or some fucking where where they got to go out and go find this ship and he's like we'll split it all equally and all i want is a 20 percent finder's fee so he gets them all together and they go out and head out to go find this son of a bitch uh as they the biggest mistake of the film it's just going right no they, they decided to pay the ferryman yeah you can't pay the ferryman don't pay the ferryman um can i also point out real quickly here if you don't mind mm-hmm. um i would love to point out the original tagline that was actually cut from this movie which was they can salvage a ship but can they salvage their friendships <laughs> Don't mic drop that. Don't mic drop that. Don't <laughs> Pick that mic back up, ma'am. <laughs> yeah. um, so, uh, 16 minutes into the movie, the gang finally finds the abandoned Antonia, uh, Antonia Graza. Graza. This is me trying to read, and I have a little bit of them finding the ship here. I was going to college. 21st of May, 1962, off the coast of Labrador. Funny thing is, there was no distress signal, no contact. She just disappeared. She was gone. So ever since that day, every captain and his mother's been looking for her, hoping she hasn't gone down. You know what this means? What? It means under the law of the sea, she's ours. Let's not keep a lady waiting, guys. Ooh, let's not keep a lady waiting. Um, so uh, there's lots of good little spookies when they start uh, exploring it. You see the little fucking thing from the opening scene that says, welcome aboard now. It's been changed since they've entered. Uh, you get to see Carl Urban, who plays... I love that his name is Munder, which is just like the least fuckable name they could give him. They were like, he's too hot. Call him Munder. Uh, he ends up falling through the floor, and they have to pull him through before he plummets to his death in the ballroom uh but as uh uh juliana's character epps looks through the hole she sees a small girl that just seems completely fine not even a thing wrong with her uh which is i guess kind of spooky uh they then find a digital watch they're like hey this disappeared in the 60s what's a digital watch doing here guess we ain't the first people that been here so um actually Eric, you pointed out his last name of Munder, uh, to which, had I had the pleasure of being around his smoking hot body during the filming of this movie, I would have said, would you like to fuck me over or Munder? (laughs) (laughs) 
So it's Munder's day. I know, there's, I know there's something up with this because uh, somebody had to clean up all the uh, the bones after they were picked dry in the <laughs> room. Yeah, I totally get that. So, uh, you know, if there were just some wild dogs that came onto the ship and just dragged them off or something, <laughs> it's wild dolphins. <laughs> yeah, crazy wild dolphins. <laughs> Fucking dolphins. I'm, I'm not sure I understand the porpoise of this joke. Um, <laughs> Fucking dolphins. <laughs> So, uh, right after they uh, kind of see all the spooky stuff on the ship and they see the captain's log and the quarters and stuff like that, the captain talks about a very similar ship that he saw and heard of many years ago. Do you have a ship called the Marie Celeste? No. She was a twin-masted brigantine out of Charleston, South Carolina during the Civil War. She was bound for London with a cargo of cotton in her hold. Fifty-nine days after the last entry in the log, that ship had traveled four and a half thousand miles across the open ocean, past the rock of Gibraltar, and into the Mediterranean Sea at full sail. And nobody at the helm. What do you make of that? Of course, yeah. Teach a motherfucker, teach a motherfucker, teach a motherfucker that line, teach a Anyway, so yeah, they got the titular line out there. Uh, it, was it, it, ghost? it reminds me of a time I was molested when I was out at sea. Oh, yeah? How did that happen? No, the captain asked me if I wanted to see his captain's log. Jeremy, <laughs> <laughs> are you telling me that's why the ship is called the Celeste? <laughs> So, so it's a ghost ship. Uh, but you know what? You think they could just take their time in fucking salvage, salvaging the ship and maybe getting it up and running? But guess what? We got a problem. The ship is going to crash into rocks in the next three days. So they got to fix it ASAP or lose out on their fucking reward. So they get to work searching through the place and we get to see the cool, spooky pool that has a whole bunch of fucking bullet holes in it and shit. Uh, and, uh, uh, Epps, uh, who's Juliana's character, Epps, she's climbing out and she sees the girl and then falls and then bangs her head and a little bit of fucking blood comes out and like the ship kind of drinks it up like that, which is like, hey, one thing you want to not do is give a ghost ship blood, you know? It's like feeding a mouse a cookie, you know what I mean? Because if you feed him a cookie, (laughs) you're going to get doused in blood. So, So you're telling me that this pool with all the bullet holes in it is like Jeremy's lower intestine right now. <laughs> yes, yes, yes. <laughs> every every ibuprofen just putting another fucking <laughs> hole in the lining of his life. Uh, so, uh, of course, as soon as she gets out and leaves, the, the pool fills up with blood and bodies and stuff like that, and it's real bad CGI. I love it. Um <laughs> Then uh, Murphy, uh, they all have their own little spooky encounters. Murphy, uh, who's the captain, played by Gabriel Byrne, uh, gets to see the captain of the old ship, uh, and they they sit down for a little little drink uh, because he can't go fucking twenty minutes without having a little bit of fucking bourbon on his lips. That fucking Irish uh, drunkard. And then uh, Epps and uh, the uh, the ferryman uh, go on a little exploring mission, and they find a whole bunch of dead bodies, and it's very spooky. 
Although the you don't know how long they've been in there, but all I know is that if you leave a body in water for like 24 hours, it's bloated and almost unrecognizable <laughs> already. And if it's been there for weeks, it's nothing but just bones and and dead juice at that point. <laughs> Is it like whenever someone takes the shit and closes the lid and never flushes? <laughs> oh, you've so you've heard of the horrors of Jeremy Woodworth's home. I understand. <laughs> you didn't slip on anything. You slipped on human skin. <laughs> You know, when I spend the night at Jeremy's house, I make my bed by piling up the discarded pieces of Jeremy and fluff up my nice little <laughs> skin pillow, and I uh, I bed down for the night. It's nice. Um, I literally dropped down my arm. <laughs> <laughs> so, uh, uh, but with all the spooky shit that they find, uh, they do find something that makes them pretty happy. It's like $300 million worth of gold bars. Like, holy shit, maybe this isn't that bad. So instead of like, hey, let's fix this ship and resell it, let's. I like that their, their business method is like this old ship. They're like, yeah, we find old oil tankers. We fixing them up and we flip them. And they were like, nah, this one's got gold. We could just say, fuck this fucking thing. We're just going to take the gold and fucking skate it's it's flip it or sink it <laughs> <laughs> flip it or sink it there we go so uh it's like, it's like when you're stealing a bentley but then you find like you know a hundred bags of cocaine you're like why don't we just take the cocaine and forget about the car yeah <laughs> Well, that's exactly what they do, Jeremy. They decide, they're like, yeah, fuck this weird ghost shit. Uh, let's just go grab the gold and get the fuck out of here. But as they're ready to leave and load the gold on there and their C4 explosives, which they have for some reason, they're like, you never know when you might need C4. And they, they do show it multiple times. They're like, hey, just so you know, they got C4. I, you don't know why that they have it, but they do. Uh, so they uh, they go to uh, load the gold up on the ship, but uh, a ghost has turned on uh, the propane in the engine room, and Santos gets fucking blown to ship uh, to shit as as well as uh, our uh, our boat captain Greer, uh, who is he makes it through, uh, but unfortunately Santos is a fucking crispy little fella. Right after this, him and his wonderful. <laughs> picture of his car that he talks to constantly man what a funny bit by the um, way they didn't actually show it because it was like uh he was invisible but i'm pretty sure the person that set off the uh, propane was uh the ghost of patrick swayze yes <laughs> after he learned how to move coins <laughs> Well, I think I think we've already hit it at this point between like when they I think so when they find the gold and then they start doing things we're about to come up on it now that san what is his name sanchez santos see i'm sorry i'm so sorry santos so after he (laughs) after after he gets uh blown to smithereens my favorite thing about these movies is my favorite trope being the reluctant black character mm-hmm. who has to stand up out of everybody else and be like, I think this is a bad idea, mm-hmm. but y'all are overvoting me and I'm going to have to go. I just, I love that I can count on that character in every movie from 1997 to 2005. <laughs> yes. So now that the uh, their boat is blown up, they only have one option. It's to fix this hunk of junk. And luckily we got all our tools on board already and a shit ton of welding to do to go fix the fucking hull of this thing so uh but before they can 
can get the fix in. You know what I have to do? I have to get like if for me, if I'm about to do like a, a hard manual labor job, I got to go find something to eat. So the first thing you do is, of course, find baked beans that have been sitting in a ship mm-hmm. for 40 plus years. And you're like, hey, you know what? These look pretty good and start eating them. Like, don't just like take one bean big spoonfuls of it over and over again so carl urban and uh and dodge are sitting there fucking shoveling this shit into it it is good you gotta try some of this of course it's fucking maggots two seconds later and it's just a mouthful and it's like oh no it's ghost beans god everybody knows if you lay like a big uh thing of pork on a on a countertop and you pour uh diet coke on it um instantly uh guts will start coming out of it like the uh, movie poltergeist yeah i love it <laughs> can't you eat maggots uh, they're not bad to eat no i'm i mean you can but well, so here's the issue right it's not just the maggots is that the the maggots feed on dead food or dead meat mm. so it's more concerning that the meat you'd be eating or the the food would be bad, not necessarily the maggots itself. Have you, you ever food poison. speaking of uh, dead meat? Um, have you guys ever fallen down the YouTube hole of uh, people who they they don't call it rotten meat, which is what it really is, but they call it high meat. Are you familiar with this trend? It's people who purposely ferment their meat so that it becomes uh, like completely what we would consider spoiled. Uh, And they call it, quote unquote, high meat. And it's supposed to give you uh, a little bit of a trippy sensation. Uh, But really, you're just eating garbage uh, that you've put in a, a fucking jar in the sun for like four or five days. And it is one of the most foulest things i've ever watched on the internet hands down super upsetting so i'm a little bit angry that you thought i would want to know this um also i don't see what the big deal is i've sucked on plenty of stoners dicks and it's the same experience (laughs) i'm pretty sure that if i ever find out that i do get cancer of any sort i will be eating high meat on purpose because i'm sure your immune system kicks it up to a fucking level that you would not believe not gonna lie, might throw up right now. like oh wow i'm up to 103 temperature i think i'm gonna live Ooh, pass me some more of that roasted stuff by the way uh, my my brother knows that i i've eaten a lot of questionable meat that was uh in in my mom's uh freezer that went off for like a week i'm like this meat ain't gonna get thrown out oh hell no oh no meat is meat i'm I'm this close to throwing up on air (laughs) i wish hey ashley i wish i wish this was a bit i swear to you i wish this was a bit Sweaty. Stop. Uh, well, the, the fact of eating maggots is that no, if you stop, stop, if, stop it, stop it, stop it. If you do eat meat, that it, re- it re- eventually regrows into a, like a giant maggot that comes out of your your, your body. 
and oh. has the face of the old man from Poltergeist 2. I would rather have my scrotum covered with bot flies than ever hear you talk about this again. All right. So, um, look. Uh, Epps- my favorite part of this scene. Sorry, I'm going to interrupt you, Eric, to try and get my head anywhere else. Um, my favorite part of this scene, though, is before they discover what they're eating and they're talking about being filthy rich. And <laughs> he tells them that he's going to buy him a ton of titty magazines and toilet paper. Hell yeah. And boy, that's a shirt. <laughs> <laughs> titty magazines and TP. The only thing I needed when 2020 started. Um, so uh, Epps uh, uh, finds the, the girl that she keeps see, uh, seeing hanging in her closet as a fucking corpse that's uh, in there. Uh, and holy shit, you really are a ghost. And they're all trapped there. And we get to hear our little ghost girl say this. When the boat's full. What? It's okay, you can tell me. When he has all the souls he needs. And has filled his quota. We'll all be ferried. What is it? What's wrong? What is it, Katie? What's wrong? He doesn't want me talking to you. Me who? But I'm not like the others. Katie, you need to tell me. You must go at once. Leave this ship while you still can. Katie, what? Whoa, I hate when it gets all fucking Silent Hilly on the ghost ship. Ugh, not fun at all. So, Katie uh, also does explain in that that there's some people that are marked with the hook. And the hook means that you're going to go to fucking hell if you got it on your hand. But if you're not, and she's like a child who was innocent, she's just stuck there, but she doesn't have to go to hell after the boat goes. So, that's kind of tight. no sense, though. If I'm being honest, we're following. Like, truthfully, tell me what you think. I don't really follow that logic because if you're calling her an innocent soul, it doesn't make a ton of sense that she has to be trapped on this boat. Well, it's a classic. uh, You know what? Let's just blame men on this one. All right. Let's just do (laughs) Let's just say it was a dude's idea. Uh, Always. So uh, at this point in in the film that I'd really wish they had gone with the uh, the girl going full feral. It, that had been living on the boat for 40 years and that would be so good yeah and fishing off the side but she's good enough to hide when they come and even with evidence that there's still somebody living on the boat they come at night mostly mostly yeah. <laughs> this little girl, girl's been living on this boat for 40 years why can't we live why don't you just put her in charge <laughs> There's ghosts all around us. This movie could have used Bill Paxton, if I'm being honest. If you threw him into the mix of this, this movie might be a 10 out of 10. Uh, Ghost sensor that could track all the ghosts coming towards us. Look at this. There's bleeps all over this thing, man. There's fucking paranormal spirits everywhere. I hope one doesn't suck me off in a bed like the movie Ghostbusters. Ghosts in the room. (laughs) Check it. Check it, Hudson. I mean, you came dicks in this movie. So I, I, I guess I haven't shared this with you boys. I did make a fan piece of this movie called Ghost Shit, which is where you keep wiping, but there's nothing there. And you're like, I know there's got to be poop on this toilet paper, but you just wiping and wiping. Um, so you can check that out on Vimeo. So. <laughs> Jerry, Jerry and I have no idea what you're talking about. We've never had these. <laughs> But you had sweeted the film and all the characters were replayed with dried shit. So. <laughs> so, 
So next we get to see uh, Isaiah Washington's character Greer at a fancy party as the uh, the ballroom rebuilds itself in the, some of the worst CGI that you'll see in the film. Uh, and uh, the the singer who uh, was in the beginning scene, one of the ones who didn't get cut in half, uh, she's there. And uh, I'll tell you what, she might be a ghost, but them ghost titties look real. And uh, I love his line. He says, hmm, can't cheat on my fiance with a dead girl. And that is also the same thing that Ted Bundy said. So, uh, <laughs> <laughs> Loki. <laughs> so, uh, I love I just, how he dies, though, because he just follows these titties very much like The Shining <laughs> all the way down an elevator shaft, which is honestly the most realistic uh, death in this film. In, in the words of TikTok, men are stupid and I don't respect them. Uh, so he deserved what he got. But when we're talking about the CGI, come on. Not only did they do a shit job with all the special effects in this movies, but you guys couldn't even hide her fucking mustache. Ridiculous. No, but I like that. That means she's authentic Italiano that way, which is important I'm- to know. I'm German and no one finds it a turn on, Eric. So what are you <laughs> talking about? Yeah. Not every ethnicity today appreciate the mustache. <laughs> when I kiss a woman and I can feel that full beard against her face. <laughs> so. It's almost like kissing a man. So uh, next we see the uh, the captain uh, speaks with uh, the captain of the ghost captain speaks with Murphy, uh, Gabriel Bird's character, and tells him that they got the gold off of the Lorelei, the other ship, and that there was one survivor. And he shows him a picture and he goes, oh, my God. But we don't get to see who the picture uh, was uh, Murphy then tries uh, to kill Epps because uh, she, because he he thinks that uh, it's the ghost of Santos out to come get him. And how many of us haven't gone crazy over Monsantos? You know, uh, sometimes that shit can just happen. Uh, so they end up locking him down this like fucking tube or whatever. And uh, the rest of the gang who's still alive decides, you know what? We better actually get to working on this fucking ship. They throw on their scuba gear and start welding because that's what they do. So they get to weld in, they get to pump in, see if they get the ship working again. Uh, the ship may actually work. There's a little bit of hope. Uh, but uh, Epps ends up finding uh, uh, um Greer's body that fell down the elevator shaft because he didn't just fall down an elevator shaft. He also got impaled by three pieces of rebar, which looks pretty awesome. And then the little ghost girl comes up to him, touches her, uh, and she gets to see everything that happened on the ship. And this is a great little montage. It, it is. So real, real quick, I don't think we even mentioned this, and I apologize if I I missed it. But the little girl is actually played by Emily Browning, who would go on to star in Sucker Punch. Oh, look at that. I didn't really, I knew I recognized her from somewhere, but I didn't look at her filmography. When I was a kid, she also did the live action version of Emily, um, uh, what is it? Snicket's uh, series of Lemony Snickets. Yeah, Lemony Snickets. Oh, look at that. that. 
soccer. Yeah. So uh, I do like the little uh, the the scene that they break down that has full new metal background music to it. Just doesn't make sense as a movie that started like we're gonna make the 1960s look like the 1960s, and you know what we're gonna do for this montage of the 1960s? Add fucking Static X music to it. But you're 100 percent right, but we saw this so many times again from the very late 90s to the early 2000s because we also saw this in house on haunted hill yeah where they would recap these past events but they'd put over like nine inch nails or like marilyn manson uh, and every time <laughs> yeah. but i also yeah. like that like they don't even have like a top 10 new metal band like is system of down available no limp biscuit no corn no and they have oh. to go like nine ten like wait a minute mushroom head no nah, actually they're already booked they're actually doing uh the, the another movie who the fuck do we have static x that's who we got which which is so funny Oh, hell yeah, Jeremy. Get get jiggy with it. Um, What is so funny, if I'm not mistaken, if anybody knows and I'm wrong, please, please, please share. But I am fairly certain that they used the exact same song for similar sequences in 13 Ghosts and House on Haunted Hill. Yeah, you're not off. Same song in both movies to convey this like, oh, sped up spooky moments with lots of murder. Yeah, this is terrible. So uh, we do get to see, though, in this montage, uh, uh, a bunch of people that enter the boat and they start gunning people down. You get to see how the pool got all the bullet holes in it as they mow them down. Of course, a bunch of them get taken out by the fucking uh, line. Uh, But it finally comes down to uh, our last singer lady who's like, I guess, trying to steal the gold off of the ship. Like, we will get the gold. I don't have an Italian accent. (laughs) Hey, look at me. I steal the gold, yo. And then... (laughs) <laughs> and then, uh, it's not a gold here. Hey, that, that's my best Chris Pratt, uh, Mario voice. Hey, it's me, Chris Prattio. And then all of a sudden, uh, you see, uh, this bitch get fucking yoked up by her, uh, cheek by a giant hook and hung up to the ground, uh, hung up from the ground. Now, this scene, um, uh, was actually a uh, total ripoff from the hook scene in Black Christmas, another movie that we've done, 1974, where Billy kills Miss uh, McHenry in a very similar manner. Uh, but I, I do like it. I think it's done slightly better with some cool gore and stuff like that. But it does reveal that the killer was none other than Jack Ferryman. He seems to be some type of supernatural force. Oh my God! Why? So well, I guess come to figure out he's a demon and not necessarily some sort of head important because like there must be more of these out in the world all collecting multiple souls and he's such a douchebag that i assume there have to be more of them yeah i would assume that the devil's made some couple of deals here and there and we'll find out about his deal soon enough but now with murphy uh who has this new knowledge the same knowledge that uh or sorry epps now has this same knowledge that murphy had she goes to go free murphy out of his thing and just finds out He's drowned as fuck while laying in a fucking pool and just fucking dead. Um, 
like the Woodworth child pet fish. <laughs> yes. So she she knows that uh, he's a bad guy, though, overall. Uh, meantime, Carl uh, Carl Urban, a.k.a. Munder, uh, loses a game of rock, paper, scissors and has to go uh, unclog one of the pumps. And he gets fucking uh, chipped up like fucking uh, like pepper through a bunch of gears, which seem really <laughs> odd in the middle of this ship. <laughs> Okay, well, so so thank you. My complaint is that he just dies very quickly. And I feel like for such an important character who lasted this long, he just gets snuffed out so fast. And that was kind of it. There wasn't a lot of drama to his death. And I was really disappointed. And I also like that they were like, they saw this blood come up and they were like, yeah, that was probably him. All right, later. <laughs> they're just like, ah, fuck him. He wasn't that important anyway. So, uh, <laughs> It's down to just Dodge and Epps, the last two standing, and they finally uh, uh, turn out to... So uh, she decides that she's like, we got to blow up this fucking ship. Uh, I'm going to go set up the C4. Here, you watch him, and uh, here, use the shotgun. Nobody leaves here. And he tries to convince... Uh, the the, uh, the ferryman tries to convince dodge that he should you should let me out because hey you loved her and she doesn't respect you so they they put they put in a whole love story that's never existed in the movie up until now not for one second well you're part you are partly right i do agree with you but there has been looking back now that i've seen the movie multiple times there is like a a slight sexual tension between the two of them throughout the movie because we see lots of shots early on in the movie where she'll be talking or she'll be doing something and you catch him staring at her from the corner of his eye or he's watching Mm. everything she does so like he low-key wants to smash but it never happens but they always like they always more uh insinuate that gabriel byrne is the one she's really interested in right even though it's like her father figure it's a weird fucking pedo thing that they they they, they're kicking that around more in the movie to me than that 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 gives me the creeps what i would have rather have seen is to find out that he is her real dad and then yeah let her let her fucking get split in half by her two co-pilots let let carl urban and this hot blonde dude just go to town on her fish fry. That's all I'm saying. So uh, Dodge ends up actually shooting Ferryman uh, with the shotgun because he won't fucking, he doth protest, and guess what? The boomstick's going to do the talking now. But as he's laying down on the ground thinking that he's dead, of course his eyes pop back open and we cut away to uh, uh, Epps wiring the place to fucking blow right now. And as as he, she's getting it all wired up, all of a sudden our boy Dodge shows up and he says, hey, maybe we shouldn't blow up this place. It would be cool if, like, we didn't die and maybe just lived. And he was just like, you're fucking crazy. We're already as good as dead. I'm going to do this. And then he finally reveals that it's not Dodge at all. Dodge is already dead. It's actually the ferryman. Which she figures out because she goes, why haven't you asked me about Munder yet? Why why haven't you asked me where he is? But also, again, typical man to be like, why haven't you asked me how I am? (laughs) So, Epps... You dressed tonight, but you don't notice me! (laughs) (laughs) So, uh... Ryan wants the game, bitch! I just worked 12 hours, you cunt! So we get to uh, we do get to hear uh, a little bit of the ferryman explain why he does what he does. What the fuck are you? I'm a salvager, just like you. You collect ships, 
I collect souls, and when I fill my quota, I send a boatload home. This will make management happy. You see, it's a job given to me after a lifetime of sin. So if I lose this ship, management won't be happy, which is not a good thing. I don't seem to be getting through to you. What I'm asking for is an exchange of this ship for your life. I want my crew back. Sorry. Once the passengers mark their mind, then I guess it's over. So she ends up doing some shit and gets knocked into the water by a fucking ghost pipe or whatever. But this is an interesting little part of the thing. So Jack Ferryman's uh, is a soul collector character and is named uh, named after the mythological Greek spirit who collected souls from one side of the river Styx and ferried them across to Hades. And does make an interesting little tidbit in this movie where it's kind of fun to know that maybe if you go to hell, you might get a job. You might have some purpose to do other than just pain and torment jeremy we can't hear anything that you're doing right now don't pay the ferryman oh you were trying okay thank you for that so here's here's my thing i want a job in hell but i want to be torturing other people that's the job i want i don't i don't want to work a nine to five in hell that's fucking stupid i want to be a very little nikki type where i'm shoving pineapples at people's fucking asses so, so shoving pineapples does get tiring after a while so she falls into the water and ferryman is very upset about all this he ends up getting stabbed in the leg and then she fucking emerges from the water with the uh, harpoon and she's what are you gonna do? Shoot me? Yeah, what are you gonna do? Shoot me? No, I'm gonna take a one in a million shot with the harpoon and shoot the bomb trigger with this and blow up the ship. So she fucking blows the ship up and you do get this little thing and you'll that little part there where it looks like a fucking boat rudder goes through like the whole body of the ferry and like oh shit and he fucking explodes and uh she fucking is able to uh, uh, survive on top of a fucking um, on top of a, a, a box that's just floating outside of it. A nice little trunk and she's picked up by another ocean freight liner. The day is saved. Epps has made it out. The only sole survivor. Uh, and they also, it's also interesting here too because uh, this is important to mention that you know they have hooks that that say these are the people that are going to hell now supposedly every character who died on the crew got marked with the hook okay because they committed some sin while they were on the boat the captain um uh gabriel uh, gabriel burns character he succumbed to alcoholism and so he got hooked um you get to see uh uh Ron, you get to see, of course, Greer, who succumbs to uh, fornication because he wants to fuck this ghost lady, right? Uh, Carl Urban, which is like kind of the weakest one, he he was gambling, so he he's he lost in rock paper scissors, wow. which I feel like is the softest of the. Re- Imagine going to hell because you played rock paper scissors. That's really funny to me. Um, but the but the uh, the oddest one is uh is Dodge, who is like the one of the last people to. 
die. Dodge is going to hell because he killed somebody, but he killed the. He tried to kill a demon that was going to certainly kill him, which I feel like is the softest reason to go to hell is just attempted demon murder, right? Like, that's a bad reason to go to hell. I don't think. Here, can I be honest? What I thought. What I thought was going to be the reason for all of them would strictly be greed. The greed of not calling in the ship and, and wanting the gold. That's yeah, literally I, a com- true. And greed is a gr- greed is a big one. But she uh, uh, but I don't think that like Ron, I guess Dodge's character, he, it didn't seem like he maybe he did, I don't know if he was expressing well, they that. All he was, did. Yeah, they I guess all wanted the gold so that so that i think well to me my understanding is the gold is such a driving factor because it is the thing they can try to use to corrupt most people on the ship i mean essentially that's how people got killed was because they were shooting all these people in the original scene for the gold and then the nasty ass mustache wearing italian woman she also shot people for lust and the gold so it's like used over and over again because it's a motivating factor for people that you can corrupt them with money see what i don't like the most though is that apparently hell just doesn't abide by maritime law which is finders keepers and i that's what i don't like about it and they're like bitch you can't just be putting gold out in the middle of the ocean there's no laws here hades and by the way the gold is unmarked okay so it doesn't say "Ooh, hell's gold on here right you need to put proper labels on it if you're gonna say it's yours otherwise it's mine but but remember though they should have called in the ship and they didn't Mm, they knew what they were supposed to do the right thing to do is to report this ship and they didn't i hate that we're trying we're trying to validate this movie it doesn't deserve it um but (laughs) the end of it though uh is is uh eps i'm sorry jerry go ahead Everybody knows that the the main reason to go into hell is uh, for for committing criminal acts and violence on the stage, and uh, being a brat refusing to act your age like Alice Cooper. I knew that. True that. So uh, the movie then uh, we get to the end of it as uh, Epps is getting saved and put into an ambulance, but as she looks out, she can see that her old crew. Her old crew is boarding the new ship with gold and ferryman's completely fine. Oh, and that brings us to an end of 2002's Ghost Ship. Ashley Pontius, your final thoughts on Ghost Ship. Uh, so I just want to say that this movie is the product of 9-11. So that's the first thing I want to say. Uh, <laughs> I forgot we didn't compare this to 9-11 nearly enough. <laughs> but, but second of all, I also want to point out that Eric and Jeremy are in relationships and men don't call me back and I am in a ghost ship. Oh, Ashley. Oh. So, um, the most uh, um, ironic part is that in the future... Um, all this gold will be worthless because gold can be manufactured like in the Twilight Zone ending. <laughs> I want what I was really hoping for this movie is that eventually one day we would get the Leprechaun Ghost Ship crossover of like who gets the gold? Could like can the ferryman take the the Leprechaun? No, he can't because he wants me gold. Oh, um, I totally want to spin off. And it stars Nicolas Cage, and it's called International Treasure. 
And after this, I'm going to start writing Leprechaun Ghost Ship. Leprechaun Ghost Ship 2. More Leprechaun. Uh, I personally, listen, Ghost Ship is the perfect movie to put on to go to sleep to. Let me tell you, it's got some good pops in it. It's worth a watch, and it's totally free on Tubi, so I to- go out there, watch this wonderful, exploitative film uh, for yourself about greed and uh, and a star-studded cast, to say the least, and uh, enjoy all that shit. Um, Ashley, where can people find you at? Um, you can find me online at Ashley Pontius Laughs, and you can also find my new horror Instagram, which is slash in cash DMV. Uh, you can catch me in Lancaster January 8th for a show, and then you can catch me headlining at the Harrisburg Comedy Zone on January 12th. Fuck yeah, all that shit. Look at you, big headliner. Getting the big gigs. Hell yeah. Uh, you can catch all things Eric Comedy at ericcomedy.com. New dates coming out uh, that are pending on a pandemic. Also, don't sleep on a show that me and Ashley will be on up at Rough Edges Brewery in February. That's coming up soon, too. So check all that shit out more. Jeremy, take us out of here. Oh, you try to take my leprechaun ghost ship cords. Oh